I've discovered that I'm awkward to be around. <laughs> no, you are not. <laughs> I was sitting by myself outside the other day eating lunch, and like somebody tried to talk to me, and I was just like awkward and uncomfortable for myself. So I know I had to have been awkward and uncomfortable to them. And then I was texting Tessa about it, and then a bee flew into my Chick fil A sauce. How Dang. does that make you awkward to be around? It was just, it was all awkward. Carrie, did they tell you that you were awkward? No, I didn't say it to your face. Then you probably were not awkward to them, Carrie. You They'll say it behind it. you. This is face your face. It's very hard to talk to people with masks and all these mm-hmm. other things. Hello, friends. This is Carrie White, and you are listening to the Misconceptions Podcast. not entirely sure how I keep managing to get myself into combat situations. I'm kind of frustrated that I can't seem to have access to my powers. I think I shot someone. I have a gun. I don't really know how to work a gun. Um, Should probably have gotten training on this at some point. Also, when is Bill going to remember everything? I mean, This is literally a mess, but then again, when are we not a mess? Previously on Misconceptions, uh, the crew did some running um, while Ren confronted Deja to try to figure out why did he need to kill her? What exactly was going on? But while Ren was uh, going and having a supposed to be amicable talk with Deja, the team, the crew, was cornered by one Chelsea Cruz, a, uh, a fire marshal who had it out for Esther and seemingly had some connection to the Rat Pack, namely her brother is in the Rat Pack and she believes that Esther and Faye are behind the Rat Pack. So using the fire at Esther's bar as an in to get into the investigation to find out where Esther was, Chelsea finally had them cornered, but things did not go well for Chelsea as Esther shot her in the leg and then ran off into the night with Bill and with Faye. But meanwhile, back with Rin and Deja, Rin revealed a little bit too much to Deja, and she became very, very defensive, so defensive even that you could say she became offensive because she manifested powers of her own, attacked Rin, and fled the scene, and then the crew, reunited after Deja had fled the scene, had to escape from Chelsea and a SWAT team, that was hot on their tails. But once they escaped, Rin revealed that Deja had been hired to investigate his old business partner, Paul St. George, a tech mogul in the city who had recently kind of disappeared. 
No one had heard from him in a while. But Deja, you not Deja, uh, Ren, using his technical know-how and uh, hacking skills, found out where Paul St. George was, a lovely chateau overlooking the city on a mountainside. And so the crew went there late at night, found the door open, and found a body laying in a lap pool face down with water, blood pooling all around them in the water. And a mysterious six to seven foot long case with a velvet lining and an indention of some object. But the object was missing. And that is where we pick up this episode with the four of you standing in this, uh, like I said, lavish chateau. You are in a indoor lap pool um, that... You know, you see in all the bougie rich people's houses where they just swim back and forth in their speedo or whatever, and there's like fake, or no, he's rich. There's real plants inside this lap pool area. And then kind of behind y'all is the main seating area with all this modern architecture and sculptures and art and couches that curve unnaturally and would look horribly uncomfortable to sit or lay on but they look nice. Um, And of course, there's these huge glass windows that look out over the glittering cityscape of the city beneath you. Um, But the four of you stand there, looking at this floating body ringed by a pool of blood. What do y'all do? The plants are inside though, right? Not outside where we're at? Or the pool is indoors? so the pool is indoors and... Uh, it has like glass walls or I guess you call them windows that look into the different parts of the house and look out over the city Um, there is a roof with a second story above you and in the corner the four corners of this rectangular room are like uh, little not little I mean what am I trying to say Uh, like half circles full of potted plants and trees and palm trees and things like that Faye is going to um, take a step back for a minute and just go, like, sit near the plants. Um, Obviously, mechanically, not really, Mm -hmm. because powers can't be used. So, like, not gaining much, but narratively, it's a comfort to her. So, kind of trying to, like, use some of the energy from the plants to, like, ground her and remind her of who she is in the midst of like this dead body being in front of her. And there, there is a comfort that washes over you as you sit there. Um, but it, there is that disconnect with your mystical connection to nature. But yes, you, you do feel just the natural comfort of being around breathing, living plants. So the body's floating out in the middle, like, and how far, like, what is the distance across the pool? Like, like how far, like where the dimension of this pool? Yeah. Um, it's like as long as a half court in basketball and just like 10 feet across. So is he close to one of the edges where I could pull at him? Like to pull uh, him out no, I mean, you would. You would have to wade in the water or find something to, like, pull him out with. Is there, um, a net somewhere for, like, cleaning the pool? Definitely. Okay. 
I'm gonna grab the net and push him. Are we all standing on the same side? Yeah, I think so. So I'm gonna well, grab Tessa's the net sitting down. and yeah, and I'll pull him like to the side that we're on so we can pull the body out of the water. I don't think we should really pull that out. Um, I mean, I guess we're already wanted, but it seems like a setup a little bit. Rin speaks up. Yeah, we're wanted, guys. We don't want to be any more wanted. Well, does that look like Paul St. George to you? Uh, he's laying down, and because Bill is here, my visor is not working. He taps it. But you know what Paul St. George looks like. Does that look like Paul St. George? I don't know. You should probably pull him out. What if um, Ren, or anyone for that matter, but Ren, since you would be able to recognize him, if you swam underneath the body and looked up at the face? Why me? I have cybernetics in my head. Yeah, can you even do that Valid. without electrocuting yourself? I would like not to find out. Wait, I don't know, let's uh, find out. Don't you take a shower? Oh. Rin is oddly quiet. <laughs> awkward. Oh, that's a good point, though. Um, well, what if we just flip him over and then flip him back? <laughs> we could try that. Uh, we cut from that discussion to just a very unceremonious scene of... Esther, like, on one side of the pool with the the pool skimmer above her head, like, shoving Paul St. George and Bill and Wren holding the board and Wren saying stuff like, don't splash me, I'm going to electrocute myself. And just this, and Faye's, like, over in the corner, just this long, distant shot, like, from the other side of the glass of just y'all trying to flip Paul St. George over onto his back. And eventually, it works. And, yes, you flip this man over onto his back uh he is wearing silk pajama bottoms and a fine bath robe uh that has been kind of tied at the waist but now kind of lays open and you see uh puncture wounds in his chest and stomach um but you flip him over he is a caucasian male um in his mid-twenties, uh, handsome-looking despite uh, his dead disposition. Uh, and Rin looks at him, nods his head. Yep, that's Paul St. George, my old business partner. Well, that was a dead end. I'm sorry, Ren. Don't be, he was a dick. This time, he, well, he tried to kill me. He tried to run me over with the car. Actually, I think he hired somebody to run me over with the car because, like, we made this business together and I was going to take it places, but he wanted to sell it. And Ren keeps going on and on and y'all can talk over him. Is, you said that Paul St. George was, like, super young. Is Ren super young? Uh, they're about the same age, yeah. I don't remember Rin being that young. That's why I was just trying to figure out. Yeah, Rin, Rin was this Wonderkins <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. business dynamo guru. Oh, that's right. Rin might be the youngest of y'all. I never really thought about it, but I think he is. I guess we flip him back over. Okay. <laughs> Before now we do, we know who he is. 
Yeah. Yeah. Um, so Faye has moved over to the group. Um, so you said there were puncture wounds. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. The case that's next to us looked as if it was holding a gun. The velvet one? Uh, you can't tell yet um, what was in the case, but it was a six, like a six or seven foot long case, and it was about uh, two feet wide. And there was a velvet lining, and there was a narrow indention where something seemed to have once lied, but you can't really, or laid, uh, but you can't really tell what it was. Um, and if y'all are going to ask more pointed questions you will need to roll and investigate to figure out what's what's going on here and to put together the clues because I've told you the obvious things that are in this scene Um, but if you want to figure a little bit more about what happened here or what's going on you'll need to roll and investigate okay Faye is going to bend down closer to the water and the body um and you said they were in his chest, correct? Your stomach? Yes, in his, like, torso area. Okay. And it's not just punctures, it's, like, slashes and punctures and cuts and... Okay. It looks like whoever did this uh, did it violently. It's not, like, a shot straight to the head or something. Like, this could maybe be a spear, a knife? I don't... What do y'all think? It definitely looks like they put up a fight. I want to roll and investigate to see if it looks like he fought back. Ooh, interesting. Okay, uh, roll and investigate. What uh, what tags could you add? <clears throat> and as she's looking at her tags, I will say Rin will be a persistent uh, story tag that if you can figure out how to use him in this investigation, he will give you a plus one. Um, I have Investigate and I guess Daddy's Fighter. What? Uh, how's Daddy's Fighter? Just because I know, like, from all of the fighting that I've done, like, I could recognize, like, oh, his hands are beat up. Or, like, and I, like, oh, kind of okay. know, like, where to, like, look. Okay, sure, sure. That kind of thing. Yeah. Tint. A 10. Okay. So you get two clues. Uh, what do you want to know? Um, are all of the wounds that are on his torso and everything, are these all like fresh? Like they were from the fight that killed him? Or is it like maybe there's been some ongoing fighting? That is a very interesting question because the gaping wounds that you see are fresh. Mm-hmm. As in the last two hours fresh mm-hmm. uh, but as you kind of pull away his robe and like do further investigating you see older cuts that have scarred over and maybe some that are fresh scars like from within a past year um, but the wounds that are you know fresh were from just a few hours ago and um, as far as, like, his hands, are they, like, beat up? Like, they look like they've done hard work, or are they, like, your typical, like, 
technology guy that like doesn't have i mean you know like doesn't yeah. have calluses and that yeah kind of you uh i mean his hands are pretty soft and delicate i mean look at where he lives uh but you do see on his knuckles some recent scuffing and in fact i guess as you turn over his palm you see some i mean his palm is pretty milky smooth but you see some newer calluses I definitely don't think this is the first fight that he's been in. Ren speaks up. That's a surprise, because he's a wimp. Maybe he was a wimp. I mean, between us, I mean, I could beat him in an arm wrestling match. You look at Ren. Ren is a stick. (laughs) You look at Paul St. George... He is skinny, but you see some sort of muscle definition. He looks like maybe he bulked up since the last time you saw him. Well, I'm sure whenever he cheated me out of the business, he bought some bougie gym that only he works out at, and I'm sure he was working on his beach body. Okay, so he was in fights and things. Clearly he lost this one. Clearly. Um, <clears throat> he's wearing pants, yes? Yes, he is wearing silky, dark uh, pajama pants and bare feet. Ah, so no pockets. Uh, there are pockets. Okay. He's also got a robe on. Yeah. Okay. Um, Faye is going to look back at the plants, look up at Bill... Okay, you can do this, Faye. You can do this. She's going to reach into the pockets and see if she finds anything in any of the pockets while, like, cringing the entire time from the body. Yeah, uh, gently prodding your fingers into his pockets. Um, I don't think you find anything. I didn't find anything. I do wonder if there's a wallet somewhere in the house. Um, that could give us some information on where he's been um, or a phone that we could pull his locations off of. Um, But I also am just a little curious. It's odd that this case was left here. Um, Makes me think that someone used a weapon. It just seems so odd that someone would leave the case here. I wonder um, if he did this a similar thing to rent to anybody else. Like if he had any other enemies. If he's already has a track record for uh, screwing people over. Yeah, that's fair. I mean, do we, Ren? Where were he yesterday? <laughs> Just kidding. Uh, I was trying to advance our mission and save everybody. That's fair. Did y'all have another business partner or um, mutual friends that you still know today? Nope. Just each other. We were pals in college. And then we started this tech business together because we wanted to do great things. And then he got full of himself and tried to kill me. So is that how y'all met? Y'all met in college? Yeah. We met at Promethean University. Did you... 
know his family or anything? Uh, no. Why would I know his family? We were starting a tech business, not a family business. Um, maybe we should find his phone. I mean, I know most of what I do is on my phone. Should we look for it in the house? Yeah, I mean, we can look for the phone or the wallet if the person that did this didn't take it. True. Good point. Let's scooby-doo this house and find the phone and wallet. Yes. Uh, okay, so who is going where? And uh, I will remind you, you can use Rin as a plus one story tag if you can figure out a way to use his abilities. Has he been to this house before? Uh, if you ask him that, he says, uh, no. I didn't even know he lived here. Uh, because when we were starting up our business, he lived in a nice apartment, and you know, so did I, but he definitely did not live here. And, uh, just background knowledge, um, Paul St. George ran Night Technologies, um, which was kind of a big um, technology firm, makes computers, chips, cell phones, things like that. Uh, the pair phone that everybody has, it was probably made by Night Technology. In fact, I'll say it was made by Night Technologies. So Paul St. George was a big name guy in the tech mogul industry. Um, and I guess it would be common knowledge as well that within the past year he sold night technologies um who he sold it to was never you know hugely publicized it was just that tech mogul paul st george sells night industries that that was headline is it night k-n-i-g-h-t yes k-n-i-g-h-t how recently did he sell it let's let's just say um he sold it within the past year. So probably actually around the same time y'all's investigation began uh, is when he sold it. So that's still fairly recent. And we don't know why he sold it. Nope. He cashed out though if he's living in a place like this, huh? Mm. Should we look Should we look for, um, like see if he has a home office or something? Yeah. Alright. Yeah, let's... Split up all... Is it multiple stories? Yeah, it's two stories. Um, I'll take the... West end of the first story and see if I can find anything. Alright, I'll go to the second floor and start looking around. See if we can get anything going. I'll go to the east of the first floor. <laughs> okay. Um, who is Ren going with? Bill. Okay, with Bill. All right, Bill, I'll come with you to make sure you don't mess anything up. <laughs> and uh, so, Esther, you are in the east part of the house. Um, there is the lap pool, and then there are some double glass doors that go into, like, a personal gym uh, and showers and stuff. And then, Faye, you walk to the west part of the house, which is this huge seating area um, and a kitchen, a galley, um and uh, like a garage um, 
and then Bill and Wren walk up these glass and metal staircase that spirals up to the first uh, or to the second story and this is obviously his living quarters and you see a master bedroom uh, and you do find a home office um, so who wants to investigate their area first do we find a phone you you can go into the master bedroom and I think you see the bed is made it does not look slept in you do not find a phone you son of a gun okay and the in the office do I find a, does he have a desktop or a laptop computer there or anything of that nature he definitely does he does have a laptop um, the laptop is open and just strewn about his desk are all these like papers and receipts and uh, like newspaper clippings and uh, things like that. Very messy. And Ren is kind of idly, he walks over to the, the desk and starts looking at some stuff. And he, uh, he picks up like this little, uh, a pencil sharpener that looks like a knight holding a sword with a kite shield. Ren kind of looks at it. And he just shakes his head and puts it back down and, like, turns it just ever so slightly and then starts looking over the receipts and things. So, uh, Ren, do you want to hop on that computer and see what you can get off of it? Yeah, sure. I'd love to look at my uh, dead partner's computer. And he plops himself down and starts tapping into it. I would like to investigate the... um just all of the receipts and newspaper clippings and see if he was finding a pattern looking at something worried about something because you know yeah, yeah what was what was his focus on definitely go ahead and roll and investigate uh and since ren is simultaneously looking at the laptop y'all can cross reference some stuff there so get a plus one for ren uh and what else could you add um stay focused Okay. Is the only other thing I could see that would really be useful. Yeah, that, that makes sense. So it's a investigate plus two. Definitely. Ha! Got a nine. All right. So you rolled a nine. Because um, that that means you get to lie to me now. Well, it doesn't mean I get to lie to you. It means I get to choose one. Your investigation exposes you to danger. The clues are fuzzy, incomplete, or half true. Or they get to ask you one question as well. Uh, and I'm going to ask you a question as well once you're done with your two questions. So what questions do you have, Bill? Okay. Um, based on the information that... Is it Paul St. George? Mm-mm was gathering did he seem worried about something like is he cutting out clippings of like occult or strange things happening or are some of these receipts of him purchasing like firearms or new security is any of that going on yeah yeah so you're looking to see like what these receipts are and they are uh, bank statements for like large sums of cash being taken out of his uh, account. Yeah, yeah, large large sums of cash, not always the same amount though. But yeah, there's no no purchases happening. Uh, just these large sums of cash being taken out. Um, how recent are these is can this be the same question or is this, would this be my second question? Is this uh, like a genie thing? I th- think 
this would be a second question. You son of a gun. Um. Yeah, that's fine. How recently uh, were these transactions happening? Um, within the past few months. Um, so you know that he sold Knight Technologies uh, about a year ago. These withdrawals started happening just a few months ago. And uh, I'll, I'll go ahead and say that as you're looking at the receipts, you're also looking at these newspaper clippings. And you see, um, like, um, newspaper clippings that say charitable donation made to uh, the Jack and Jill orphanage. Um, and you look at that, and it's a thousand dollars, or he's rich, uh, fifty thousand uh, dollars, and you find a receipt for fifty thousand dollars. And you start looking and you keep finding these newspaper clippings that match up with these charitable donations made anonymously in cash. And you find the bank statement receipts from his account. Ren, didn't you say this guy was a dick? Uh, yeah, he was a huge dick. So why do you think, um, check this out, why do you think he would be donating to all these charitable donations you think he felt guilty about something he looks at them and looks at the paper clippings and like starts putting two and two together and he's like uh the Paul St. George I knew was pretty selfish and he wouldn't do this you think somebody was could have been blackmailing him or framing him or something is that no, the person you know, would that have been his only motivation to do something altruistic or charitable? It just doesn't make sense. He was a cancer in this city. He was such a jerk. Why would he be giving to other people? This doesn't make sense. I just don't understand. Maybe we should um, look into who he's giving to. Because maybe... Maybe there's somebody that's benefiting from this money in a way that isn't helping children and orphanages and stuff. Did you find anything interesting on the computer for us? He bought a Bugatti last week. I should probably try to find the keys to those. Nothing in his um, emails? Listen, I'm trying, Bill, but I just saw, you know, someone that was a friend to me at one point in time, you know, before he tried to murder me. I did just see him dead, so maybe I'm a little overwhelmed, but you're right. I am a genius, so I'll probably find it. And he keeps typing. Oh, gosh, I hate you, David, but <laughs> you're, you're doing a good job. You're doing a good job. Yeah, so. you are. Okay. All right, well, um... Should we take the computer, or do you think that would lead back to us? That's actually probably not a good idea. Can you back up the files or something? He says, this is a lot nicer than the computer I made, so we should probably take it. And he unplugs it and stuffs it in his bag. All right, are you sure uh, no one's going to be able to find us because of that? Bill, listen, I can control machines with my brain. We're safe. What are you talking about? You're basic. <laughs> you're basic. <laughs> he does. He says, you're basic. And then he walks out. 
And I just say, stick to cosplay, weirdo. And then I follow him. <laughs> uh, and Bill, uh, as you are leaving this this office with Ren, um, I get to ask you a question. Uh, the MC will ask Bill a question that might come up later. But Bill, you are currently keeping your wife and son in a cheap motel um, kind of away and secure from anybody who might be looking for you. But Bill, you also don't have a job, so how are you paying for that? I don't know. I don't know. You're a jerk. (laughs) I don't know how I would be paying for that. Your stuff would have been like underground payment because you worked for like all the sketchy stuff. So like, would it have been in a legitimate bank account or like stashed somewhere secret? So my, so my, thank you, Carrie, for digging me out of a hole. So my wages as a card dealer were pretty meager. The tips were nice, but all the money that I made from busting kneecaps and capturing souls, I kept, uh in a safety deposit box under a false alias and that is how I'm paying for things with the dirty money David's thinking of a way to take my money away and put me in a bad situation for narrative purposes hey man that's that's what this game is about I'm just making a note just making a note with how you're paying for stuff All right, and then who do we cut to um, so I'm going to do kind of like a sweep through the west side of the house really focusing on the garage um, seeing if I can find any weapons or anything unusual or false wall that kind of thing Um, I have absolutely nothing to add because I was wrong earlier you were just saying that you had all these logos tags I know I just told you I was wrong Um, because I don't have my um, tracking anymore you're right. Because I found Woodard, so. You're um, right. And all of your, your like, uh, snooping around was connected to looking for Woodard. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. So, I am rolling with no tags. All right. Uh, well, hold on. Do you do you want to use one of your crew theme tags? Because you do have powers of deduction as one of your crew theme tags. Would you like to burn that and uh, use it as a plus one um sure okay okay um so i got a seven okay um so you're gonna be looking around i get to choose one investigation exposes you to danger clues are fuzzy incomplete or half true or they can ask you one question as well let me think about it uh but Faye, what do you want to know about this part of the house. It has, like I said, the the huge sitting room, um, the uh, garage full of fancy cars, the uh, kitchen full of fancy food and food-making things, um, full of fancy over here. But what, what do you want to know? I want to see if I notice anything out of the ordinary. So, like, things that come to mind are um, I see documents in that are like on the kitchen counter or something that explains stuff or i see um specific weapons in the garage or i see that there's like a safe in the garage 
um, or something odd in the sitting room that seems like it would appear normal, but is really like I can tell that it's like a locked cabinet or something like that. Yeah, you so investigating this area, you look at all the fancy furniture and you're like, none of this, like, if I laid on this, my back would be <coughs> two feet above my shoulders and butt. Like, how is this supposed to be a comfortable sitting position? Uh, and then you go looking in the kitchen, um, you see all these like health foods and you see these smoothies um, that have been made and laid out like uh, in one. They have like Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. So it's like categorized out um, and you go into the garage, you turn on the lights and these lights go go, 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 go down this very long uh, garage. You see all these glittering, beautiful cars. Um, and along the wall, you see the the car keys just hung up neatly in a row. Um, but as you look, you everything's where it should be. Nothing seems out of order, which makes the door that opens onto the balcony that is left ajar even stranger. As you walk into the living room for the second time, after having gone into the garage, you look over and you see the glittering cityscape beneath you and the world behind that. And you just see the glass door that leads to the balcony is just ajar. Was it ajar earlier? Is it now open because somebody snuck in? You have no idea. Um, I still have my gun in my yoga pants. You do. <laughs> There's an image. <laughs> there is an image. Um, I kind of pull out my gun and hold it like I've seen Esther holding it down, um, like with her hands in front of her, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and kind of walk towards the balcony and step out. Do I see anybody? You do not. And this was a glass, huge window, so, I mean, you saw the whole balcony, but there's nobody there. Okay, well, I do none of those things. Well, I mean, you, you step out into the balcony, uh, and you fall off because somebody pushes you. No, just kidding. Um, but you step out into the balcony, and it's very... Uh, it is very narrow. There are some uh, seating places out here to just look out over the city. Um... But you, like, look over the edge, and it's just a sheer drop-off. It is just a cliff. Um, but there's nobody out here. There's no sign that there was ever anybody out here. The door's just open. And I can't see anyone hanging on the walls around me. No, you you look. You don't see anybody hanging on the walls. There's nobody suction cup to the glass. Okay. Um, Faye quietly steps back into the garage um, and just kind of back into the house and goes over her comms. I don't know what's going on, but this isn't... This isn't right. Things are too perfect here. I have a bad feeling. I think we need to get out of here soon. Yeah, it looks pretty staged. Very, very staged.
Hello, friends, and welcome to the mid-roll section of episode 75 of Missed Conceptions. I'm your host, David White, your boy with the allergies and the nasal congestion, taking the Sudafed so he can breathe. That's right, I have allergies, and I hope if you have allergies, they're not as bad as mine. Like, it, it's bad. I have the, the headaches, the big puffy red eyes. Um, it is just the worst. So I hope that if you have allergies, you have like an allergist you're going to, or you at least have medicine. Uh, I really need to find an allergist because this is awful. Anyways, I don't want you to have to listen to my sniffly, snuffly voice too much longer. Uh, so let's just get right to some show notes. Uh, this is the episode where we will be saying goodbye to Ren Pascal. I hope the farewell segment that I recorded for this character uh, does right by the character and does right by those of you that are fans of this character, and I hope that you are able to say goodbye to a character that has been with you for so long uh, in a way that is meaningful to you. Uh, and I also want to say very quickly that we have a Patreon and we are trying to get to $500 a month on that Patreon. Once we get to $500 a month, we are going to release an online store and website. Uh, it will have merch for you to buy, shirts and little trinkets and maybe posters. Um, it's also going to have information about the show and the characters and the actors behind the characters. It will just be a consolidated space for everything Misconceptions Podcast Network. Uh, also at that level, we are going to be giving a pay raise to our editors, myself for editing Misconceptions, Tessa for editing uh, SideQuest, uh, our patron-exclusive show, and to Marlo for editing Sins of the Father. Uh, we are less than $100 away from that goal, and we would appreciate it so, so much if you helped us reach that goal of course if you go to our patreon there is a link in the description below but if you go to our patreon you're going to see a lot of options and i cannot suggest strongly enough the five dollar a month option it's cheap it's affordable it's not going to break the bank uh and also at that level you get access to Misconceptions After Hours, which is a collection of our uncut, unedited audio from Misconceptions and from Sins of the Father. We release those uncut episodes about a week before the episode proper comes out. So if you want to like listen to it, it doesn't have the sound effects and the music, but it does have a lot of goof and gaffs that get cut out uh, for the um, release. Um, but also, this is very, very cool. This is the real gold nugget of the $5 option, but you get access to Side Quest, which is a patron-exclusive show where we play uh, just any number of RPGs, and we have a rotation of cast and characters and stories, uh, and Side Quest is a lot of fun. I have a lot of fun recording each episode of Side Quest and getting to stretch my RPG brain with uh, different RPG systems. So, if you want to give, if you can give to our Patreon, I would suggest the $5 level. Now, speaking of Patreon, I have to give a shout-out to our new patron. And I shouldn't say I have to. I get to because I love getting new patrons. But this patron shout-out goes to Cassia Ortego. Cassia, thank you so much 
for giving to us. And I hope you enjoy SideQuest, and I hope you enjoy all the other goodies you get access to at your pledge level. I want to say thank you to all of our backers that make this show possible and make it able for us to pay our cast and afford the awesome sound effects and music we put in the background. Uh, thank you so much, patrons. We we love you, and we love the money you give us. <laughs> that makes us sound greedy. But anyways, I've talked too long. I said I wasn't going to, but hey, I ramble. I tried to make it quick. But let's get back to this episode. And then, Esther, we cut to you in the other part of the house with the huge lap pool, the uh, showers, and the gym. Um, what do you do? Um, I'm looking around the gym, and I'm wanting to see, like, because <clears throat> I've had enough experience with, like, exercise and, like, being in shape and, like, training for fighting. So, like, I'm wanting to see, like, is this gym set up, like, he's a weightlifter or he's a cross trainer or he's wanting to be a fighter or a boxer or a martial arts. Like I'm wanting to know like, what is this set up for? And can I tell if like there's a trainer involved or is he just training himself? Like mm-hmm. those kinds of things mm-hmm. are what I'm looking for at this point. Yeah. And let me describe the, the gym. <clears throat> uh, you walk in, there's a lot of free weights. There is a, like the newest model of the Bowflex over in the corner. Um, rows of dumbbells. Yeah, he's he's serious if he has a Bowflex. Right. Um, but probably the most notable thing is uh, there's all these weights and things like you would see in a typical gym, and there's a treadmill and bicycle machine, and there's even one of those fancy mirrors where it like um, like it shows your reflection, but it also shows your trainer like training you in the mirror. Uh, he definitely has one of those. Um, but more probably the most noticeable is this. Like the back of the gym is like this mirrored area and it is elevated with a wooden mat and you see like training dummies uh, set up there. Like the ones with uh, just the torso and the head and the big muscular pecs, but like no arms. So is it kind of like like cops training? Like when you see like in Miss Congeniality or something, they have that gym set up and they have like the mats and then there's like the things that they box and stuff i don't know if I'm it is, any it's sense. definitely like an open little area for him to freely move about mm-hmm. um and from what i can tell it looks like he just has like electronic trainers yes it doesn't look i mean from what you can tell there's no like other people in here or anything like that but uh, let's roll and investigate to see what you can find out about this area. Okay. Um, can I use my investigate again? Sure, because you're in a different area. <clears throat> um, an eight. An eight. All right. So you get one clue. What do you want to know about this gym? I guess, like, is it obvious that, like, he recently added this fighting area or like he recently added those free weights or like is was this all like purchased and set up at one time or like Mm. can i tell if like 
he's added things at different times. Like, does that make sense? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, this is all very new equipment. All of it. All of it. The weights, the treadmill, all of it. Just months old. And with only one person using it, uh, it's in very, very good condition. Um, the fighting area, uh, you know, I, I describe these dummies and things. And um, probably most interesting about the dummies is they have puncture wounds on them. Like they like came with puncture wounds or like no. somebody inflicted like puncture somebody wounds. has inflicted <laughs> puncture wounds on these dummies. Do we know how long, and maybe we discussed this earlier, but do we know how long he's lived in this place? Like, was this a new place for him or? You have no idea. You have no idea. Yeah. Ren, Ren told you whenever he worked with him years ago that he did not live here. He lived right. in some fancy apartment and this is way more fancy. I definitely, I'm talking on my comms. Mm-hmm. I definitely feel like he knew he was in trouble and he was trying to set himself up so that he could handle the trouble on his own. So what makes you say that? He has a brand new gym with all kinds of equipment to bulk up, but also equipment to practice fighting. He was he was setting himself up for something. Also, he was shooting at his dummies. Somebody shot at the dummies that are here. There's puncture wounds. You you have a gun. Um, you would know what gunshot wounds look like. These are not gunshot wounds. But these are the same kind of punctures that were on him? No. Okay. There's... His dummies have some sort of puncture wounds. It's not a gun. I don't know. Well, David answered my question. <laughs> yeah. Do you see a weapon anywhere near the dummies that would have caused the puncture wounds? No. I wonder if it was... And she pauses. An enhancement of his. I mean, I guess it's possible. Ren, do you know of any enhancements that he had? Uh, are, have y'all come together, or is this still all happening on the comms? I think it's still on the comms. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Bill, as y'all are walking down the spiral stairs, Ren is just walking and as you look at his ear you see that he doesn't have his comm link oh my gosh Ren where is your comm cause he took it off when oh he was oh my Adidas. gosh what oh oh my comm uh yeah well while I was uh being violently assaulted uh it did fall out of my ear that's not true I took it out of my ear uh, because I was trying to have an intimate conversation with Deja, and you were all distracting me. Do you ha- do you, don't you carry like a backup on you or something? I mean, I could go to my super high-tech future computer lab and make a new one. You mean supercomputer? <laughs> yeah, I think at this point, Bill and Ren are like walking down the glass uh, spiral staircase, and just as you were like closing the door to the uh the outside world balcony that's what it's called (laughs) (laughs) to the outside to the outside (laughs) ren 
Rule number one, never take out your comms and leave it somewhere. I was going to pick it back up. But you did not. Because then I was possessed by my super future computer. And I got these awesome new powers, but it was also kind of scary because I had the urge to kill someone and I don't want to kill people. That's not who I am. Faye massages her temples. Why are you all being mean to me? I'm the leader of this team. Esther walks out at this point <laughs> and starts laughing. You're the what? <laughs> yeah, I'm the leader. I have the base. I have all the cool future gadgets. I'm like Robin of the Teen Titans. <laughs> Esther's not even going to entertain that comment. Um, Bryn, does your friend have... Did your friend have any enhancements? Oh, do you mean powers? <sighs> yes, I mean powers. Uh, he did have one power that I knew of. The power of being a dick. So y'all shared that then? <laughs> <laughs> I'm sensing some hostilities here. Could you just answer the question? This is a legitimate question. No, he didn't. I think... Probably he did not. It's possible that Ren wouldn't have known anyways, because at the time that Ren knew him, he wouldn't have um, the ability to see. And she's like side glancing Bill with everything that she says. That's true, because I didn't get my powers until he tried to kill me. And I hadn't seen him for a week before he did that. And then I was abducted and had things put in my brain against my will. Right. Do we need anything else here? Y'all said it looked staged. You hear the jingling of glass bottles from the kitchen. And you see uh, Rin is in the refrigerator gabbing one of the smoothies. I think it's time to go. Yes. But he has so many health smoothies. Esther grabs Rin by the arm them out the front door. <laughs> Faye wipes down um, the any fingerprints Ren left. Okay. Uh, yeah, so y'all get pulled out. Uh, where are y'all going? I guess back to the base. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah as y'all are leaving, how did y'all get here? Because y'all don't have the SUV. I don't remember. I think we might just describe y'all just walking up. So now we're hiking back. Yeah. Uh, I thought we had something that we parked like a ways back or something. Yeah. Y'all brought something. We did have an SUV, but then we ran from what's her name. Mm -hmm. So the the SUV is, it's been seized by the police. Y'all can't access it anymore because it was left at the crime scene. Um, But whatever. As y'all are walking back to whatever mode of transportation that y'all took to get here, Rin gets a ping on his phone, and he pulls it up and looks at it, and he says, uh, y'all go on without me. Uh, I need to make a trip really quick, uh, and it will be really quick, and I will definitely be back, because I am the leader of this team. Uh, and I'm not going to leave you on the lurch. And he's like digging around in his bag and he pulls out his collapsible scooter and he like uncollapses it and gets onto it. 
says, uh, yes, I will definitely see y'all later. Where are you going? Yeah. I don't want to tell you. Such a good leader. Leaders have secrets. Why would you keep secrets from us? Yes, what Bill said. Uh, listen, if I want to get in touch with you, I have already hacked into all of your phones. Uh, and Bill, you should really get that thing checked out that you keep Googling. But I have to go do this. It is very important, just like I am important. Okay, when are we going to meet up with you? I'll be at the warehouse later tonight, in the morning. I'll bring waffles. You going out puts us at risk as well, because if you get captured, I don't know how much I trust you to hold up to questioning or even moderate to light pressure. (laughs) So if you leave, we're going to have to rebase and figure things out, and you're going to give them back doors into our phones. So we have to think about that as well. I wouldn't do any of that. If you do, I'm coming after your soul. <laughs> okay, good luck with that. See ya. And he gets on his scooter and he cranks a little electric motor and he... Chugs away. <laughs> we see a diner. You know the type. Right on the corner of busy and crowded. Cars drive by, splashing water from dirty puddles onto a sidewalk of crowded pedestrians. Bands of neon lights wrap around the exterior. Yellow fluorescent lighting glares through the glass windows, illuminating the booths and the people sitting at them, as if they were captured in an Edward Hopper painting. Customers line the stools at the bar, ordering steaming cups of joe and short stacks of pancakes. The morning sun has not even peaked over the horizon, but the god of monotonous drudgery drags these people from the comfort of their linen beds. And so they come here to brace themselves for this brand new day with caffeine and carbohydrates. One young woman sidles up to the only empty stool in the diner ordering coffee and pancakes just like everyone else. However, unlike everyone else, she is not dressed for the day. She wears a college sweatshirt, short athletic shorts, and she is barefoot. She nervously glances over her shoulder as a plate of pancakes are slid across the bar to her. She reaches for the wallet in her pants back pocket and sighs audibly when she realizes she doesn't have it. I don't have my wallet on me. Can I open a tab or something? Honey, this is a pancake palace, not Morty's bar. You either pay for your food now, or you don't get any food. Please, help a girl out. It's... It's been a hell of a night. Sorry, honey. No can do. As a waitress goes to snatch the plate of pancakes away, a hand slaps down a wad of cash. Leave the plate. And bring another. Extra syrup. The waitress shrugs and walks off to fetch another plate. The young woman turns to thank the kind stranger, but as she looks at the face hidden behind the cybernetic lenses and under the hood, the color drains from her cheeks. Rin, what are you- Don't worry, Deja. 
the ATM outside was giving away free money. Well, free money to anyone with cybernetic enhancements in their brains that can hack into electronic and digital equipment just by touching it. Deja reaches into her sweatshirt to grab the can of pepper spray stashed there, but Rin claps a hand down on her forearm. Don't! I'm not here to- To try to kill me? Again? Some of the patrons at the bar look over in Deja's direction, concerned looks on their faces. Don't worry, don't worry, it's all good, we're just practicing a play. I'm the handsome hero that everyone falls in love with, and she's the girl that can't get enough of me. Rin, what the hell is going on? Why are you here? Could I talk to you in private? After the stunt you pulled a few hours ago? <laughs> you sure cannot! Listen, that wasn't me, it was the... <laughs> Whatever, fine. Rin leans in close to Deja and whispers. Paul St. George is dead. How? How? How do you... Did you... Kill him? No. But I'm thinking whoever hired you to find him did. He was killed just a few hours before we got to his house. Probably right after you sent them his address. Deja stares at the stack of pancakes in front of her. Her appetite suddenly gone. How did you find me, Rin? When I was at Paul's place... I used his laptop to tap into the city cell towers and leave a program to find your phone. When I got the ping, I left to come find you. To finish your... mission? No, actually, I think that mission is finished. Uh, or abandoned? I don't know. After you threw me down three flights of stairs, the Super Future computer said something about recalculating and finding a new mission, so I don't think it wants me to kill you anymore. Well, who are you supposed to kill now? She hasn't said, but even if she does... <sighs> Look, Deja, can I be honest with you? For the first time ever, I'd love it if you were. Tonight, at Paul's place, I saw the guy that used to be my best friend floating in a literal pool of his own blood. I saw all the things his money had bought him. The fancy gym, the souped-up cars, the celebrity chef made health smoothies. It was all bought with money from a business he literally tried to kill me over. We used to be best friends, and then he cheated me out of our business and tried to have someone kill me. Then he became a millionaire. And when we fished him out of the pool and turned him over, I recognized his face, but I didn't recognize who he had become. So I'm sitting at Paul's desk, hacking into his laptop, searching for clues to what he's been into, and also creating an algorithm to look for your cell phone, because I'm a genius and I can do stuff like that. And I see a little pencil sharpener on his desk. It was a little thing made from cheap plastic, made to look like a knight with armor and weapons and stuff. Suddenly, I remembered I had bought that for him. Back when we were just starting Knight Technologies, and seeing it made me remember how much I had changed, too. I used to be some dude lurking on dark web chat rooms and trying to start a tech company. Now I'm a wanted man. Wanted for murder, kidnapping, destruction of public property, and all this other stuff that I can only half remember. Because literal parts of my brain are missing and have been replaced with technology from the future. Why are you telling me? All this, Rin. Seeing that pencil sharpener made me realize how much I've changed 
just a year. And I don't like who I've become. The city, our mission, the mystery we're trying to solve, it's brought out the worst in me. I just want to be Ren Pascal again. Again, Ren, why are you telling me all this? Because I figured you, of all people, would understand what it's like to be used for something you didn't want to do. Deja flinches away from Ren's words, but stays seated. I'm guessing from your reaction earlier, you had no idea Paul was dead, or even that the people who hired you wanted him dead. They used you, just like the super future computer used me. Earlier tonight, that wasn't me. The super future computer took control of my body and was going to make me kill you. It was like sitting in the back seat of a car with someone else driving, except it wasn't a car, it was my body. I could see everything my body was doing, and I was trying to break out. I... I didn't know that. I, I thought... Deja, run away with me. <laughs> what? You heard me. Run away with me. But what about your mission? I mean the other one. With the guy with the tattoos and the bad attitude girl. They don't need me. They don't even trust me. I can't blame them. Let the city turn me into something that I'm not. And the super future computer? What if she tries to take over you again? Well, that's why I'm here. You kicked my ass before when she took over. I bet you could do it again. So you're taking me along as a failsafe? No. Rin reaches out a hand and places his hand on Deja's hand. As something more. Deja looks at Rin's hand, and then up at Rin's face and quickly tears her hand away. Yeah, I'm not interested in all that. Not anymore, Ren. That's fair. But once the police find out Paul is dead, they're gonna start investigating. That could lead them back to you. I could very easily make sure it doesn't. Daisha contemplates Ren's offer for a few moments, weighing his words against the can of pepper spray in her sweatshirt pocket. Fine. You've got yourself a deal, Ren Pascal. We run away together, you get me off the grid, and I'll beat your ass if you step out of line. Works for me. Now, are you gonna eat those pancakes? Because I am starving. Ren plops down on the vacant seat next to Deja, and the two start eating pancakes. As they do, the sun crests over the horizon, marking a new day for the city and all those in it. End of episode. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of Misconceptions. We'll be back with our next episode on November the 2nd. If you have social media, you can find us on Facebook and Twitter if you would like to get up-to-date information about the show, behind-the-scenes pictures, and regular updates about upcoming releases. We also have an email, misconceptionspod at gmail.com, if you would like to contact us that way. We also have a Discord. If you would like to chat with us directly and chat with fans of the show, you can click the link below and join our Discord. This show is wholly supported by the generous monthly donations of our patrons on Patreon. If you would like to support us on that platform monetarily, please click the link below. City of Mist is an RPG by Son of Oak. You can find more of their products at sonofoak.com. 
The Misconceptions theme music was composed by Aaron Wharton. You can find more of his music at AaronWharton.net. Misconceptions is a product of the Misconceptions Podcast Network. And that's it for this week's episode of Misconceptions, everybody. Wash your hands, wear a mask, and keep it nerdy, y'all. The scene opens up in an office. Wide open windows line the four walls of this decadently decorated space. Through the windows we can see the buildings of the city, distant and removed as medieval serfs would be from their king. Inside the office we see a veritable hoard of wealth. As the camera pans, we see artifacts encased behind bulletproof glass cases, relics and prizes left to display wealth and power. In one case, a round brass hoplin shield with deep grooves and scratches in its weathered ancient face. In another, two stone tablets, incomplete for the chips and cracks that disfigure the tin statutes chiseled into their surface. We see a ram's skin, glittering and gold and flayed, spread out to show each golden curling fiber of hair. We see these artifacts and more as the camera comes to rest at the desk of a businessman. Its uncluttered surface is a testament to power in itself. The lack of stacks of paper or calendars full of deadlines speak of a life of ease and wealth built on the backs of others. As the camera lingers on this desk, we hear a clap of thunder off screen and the sound of rushing wind. The sound dies down and we see two figures step into view. One wearing a demon mask and a red cloak, and the other wearing a wolf mask and military gear. We have found it, sir. The wolf throws a spear onto the desk with a clatter. From off screen, we hear a voice. So he is dead then? As a doornail, he was right where the girl said he would be. He didn't even hear us enter through the balcony. Excellent. Notify Miss Minnie. It is time we proceeded with our endgame. As you wish. The wizard and the wolf stalk off screen. As another clap of thunder and a rush of wind fill the room. Then 
silence returns to the office. An arm appears from off-screen to grab hold of the spear. The arm is clothed to the wrist in a finely made suit, with actual gold cufflinks clipping the silk fabric together. Bejeweled fingers with manicured nails wrap around the neck of the spear, like a predator prepared to choke the life from his latest victim. The unseen figure draws the spear off screen, and the screen fades to black.